Hello and welcome back to 10 with Zen with your host, Helen Woodward. Today our guest is Deborah Brown, head teacher at Buxton Vale Primary School in Tameside and grief recovery method specialist. Welcome to 10 with Zen, Deb. Thank you so much, Helen. It's good to be here. Lovely to have you here. Now, we were just talking, we've, we've been working together off and on for about six years now, which is as long as you've been a head teacher. Can you tell us why you decided to train in grief recovery? Yes. Very soon into my headship, about six weeks actually into my headship, I received a telephone call from a parent who was going into palliative care. So you can imagine how sad that telephone call was. And as a head teacher, I made promises to that parent that I would look after her young person. And of course, that parent wanted some reassurances, knowing that she was going to die, that there would be some support from the school. And I can't imagine how she will have felt having to make that call. And I put the phone down that day and burst into tears. And I think the reason why I burst into tears is it brought me a realisation that I hadn't dealt with my own grief. And that I'd made these promises to this parent that I was going to do all sorts of things to look after her young person that I hadn't actually even done for myself yet. And the reason why that is so important is in 2013, my mum died of breast cancer. And that was a real shock to us as a family. And um, of course, it triggered a grief reaction. And then in 2016, my sister died of genetic liver failure. My mum was 63 and my sister was only 48. So two very important women in my life were suddenly not there. And just a few months after my sister's death, I became a head teacher. And of course, had a lot, it's such a big job headship and we attempt to be prepared for it uh, as much as possible. But I don't think anything can quite prepare you for a call from a parent going into palliative care. And it triggered a grief response in me that I wasn't expecting because I'd put my grief over there in a box in the hope that it wouldn't come and get me. And although that grief was over in the box, I still carried it on a daily basis like a weight. And so the telephone call from the parent triggered this reaction in me that made me realise I needed to do something for myself. And that sent me on a journey of research. From that day on, I began researching what there is for children, for young people in education who are dealing with bereavement. And that was the initial response for me. If I don't have the skills to support the children, then what am I going to do? Because if I don't have them, then I can't possibly expect members of my team to have them. And so I by complete chance, as if the universe had sent this um, gift to me, I came across a course called Helping Children with Loss from an old friend of mine um, via social media. And I invited the lady who had delivered that course, Catherine Best, to Upton Vale Primary School to deliver it for us. And at the time, I decided that um, the senior leadership team at the school would, would do the course find out uh, as much as possible about it and it's just so amazingly wonderful and different and it provides school staff members a set of tools that if followed 
enables a child to be heard. And I think one of the big problems in education at the moment is children don't feel heard when they are suffering a bereavement. What I found out in uh, my grief recovery work is that there are many children suffering with loss. This is not a bereavement, such as um, the loss of a parent through divorce, the loss of safety in a house where there might be abuse. Um, and the Grief Recovery Institute have identified over 40 different types of loss. And it really made me think about our young people and the sorts of things that they are being expected to deal with without the suitable guidance and support of the adults because the adults don't have the necessary skills and training. Okay. So uh, one of the things I'm realising listening to you, uh, I, think, I think actually when I think back, it's so obvious. The head teachers are going to be are going to be managing this all the time. They're going to be managing this all the time, whether it's the loss of a staff member or the sudden death or illness of a child or a family member or a parent in their school. In fact, when I think back to my son's reception year, by the time he'd left university, 25% of his friends were living, uh, had had the death of a parent. Actually, 25% of that cohort in his class. Now, that's, that's high. It's higher than we think. And I personally believe that all children have had some element of loss in their lives because of the pandemic. So a loss is a change in familiar pattern of behaviour or a change of any kind. And when we think about the disruption that the pandemic caused, children, we know that research suggests that children need routine in their lives. And if they don't have that routine in their lives, they don't quite know how to handle things. They don't have that emotional maturity to be able to handle those changes. And yet we expect them to just get on with it. And so when there's a really difficult situation for them, and they're expected to just get on with it. I think the best thing in terms of an example I can give there, when a person dies, many times children are expected to just go back to school. And often they are not given the appropriate time to consider the death of the person or the split from the parents. Because when there are certain things like that going on in a household, and I can certainly relate to this when my mum and my sister died, there's a lot to do in the aftermath of a death and the children are in the way to a certain degree so for for me as her teacher we we've experienced several really significant losses at, at school and the children sometimes sent back to school the next day so we have got children who are in deep grief when they return to school and often we um you know when children are sad one of the things that comes up in the grief recovery course, helping children with loss, when children are, are, have an emotional reaction, often we'll say, oh, I'm so worried, I'm so worried, for example, my grandma's in hospital and I don't know what's going to happen to her. What we would traditionally say in education will be something along the lines of, let's finish these maths questions and we'll talk about it at playtime. And the problem with that is it, 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 for the child, it sends a message the mass questions are more important than grandma. Got you. Yes. 
So we have to get to a point where children can be heard immediately. And luckily um, at Buckton Vale now, because there are a, num a significant number of staff have, have done the Helping Children with Loss course, we know that when a child is upset that the child needs to be heard now, right now. And sometimes that might mean that somebody needs to take that young person out of the classroom for a few minutes. But let's be honest, if we continue to suggest to the children that they need to carry on with the mask questions, they ain't getting it anyway, are they? Because they're in a state of grief. And therefore, the maths questions, we're not going to get the best out of them. So we have to put the mental health and well-being of the children first. And it's really difficult to do, to find those moments of time to hear children when they need to be heard, when they need to tell us something that's bothering them. Okay. I've got two questions for you, Deb. My first question is around the training that you've been through. Can you tell me about a moment that for you was particularly powerful or pivotal during that training, if you like a kind of moment of insight or real deep learning for you? Yes, that's a good question. Um, the Grief Recovery uh, Institute deliver six grief recovery myths. And in society, these myths are embedded, endemic. They're part of what, what is just said and done. Um, and the, the one that resonates the most for me is the be strong. Be strong. These are the messages that I received when both my mum my and my sister died. Be strong. You need to be strong for your children. Be strong. You need to be strong now if you're taking on a headship. Be strong. You need to be strong for your dad. So I was given this message that I needed to be strong for everyone else. And yet I didn't feel strong inside. I was heartbroken. And so what the problem with that message is it doesn't validate my feelings. It suggests that my feelings aren't, aren't, aren't validated. It suggests that my feelings are not okay. It gives me the message that I shouldn't have those feelings and that my feelings are wrong. So that's one of the things that really resonated. When I heard the Be Strong message, I thought, wow. Okay, so that, that leads me nicely really on to another question that I wanted to ask you because there is a really big difference between training to be a grief recovery method specialist and actually processing your own grief. Those two things are quite different. But what I'm conscious of is that for teachers, teaching assistants, and really the process that you have been through, unless you have processed your own grief, and that can be current, recent, or from many years ago, doing this work with children is excruciating for you. It's almost too hard. It's actually frightening, isn't it? You know, you are going to encounter that. And I always think about the Pemba Chodron quote about how we have to know our own darkness before we can sit with somebody else in theirs. So how do you manage that within your staff team? I'm, I'm guessing you've been training your staff in grief recovery. Yes, it's an absolutely brilliant question again, Helen. One of the things about the grief recovery method that is quite difficult to explain really, the grief recovery method is a process of actions that if the griever takes, it allows a completion. And so what I needed to do in my grief was complete my relationship with my mum and with my sister. So when both my mum and my sister died, there was some deep-rooted pain about what I hadn't said or what I hadn't done. So something that I wanted to say to them, something that I wanted to tell them. And the grief recovery method allows you to do that through that process. 
it's a really great question and funnily enough i was in training last night i've got a group of people doing the helping children with loss with me at the moment mm -hmm. so i i teach um that those people who attend my course um, how to to be emotionally honest and of course i also uh, suggest to them that they have some inner work to do through the grief recovery method for adults okay okay i'm hearing you and that's that's really helpful to to understand uh, deb let me ask you this um so for people listening who aren't yet grief recovery method trained that may encounter a child tomorrow whose parent is going to die or going into palliative care or who's recently been through a loss can you tell us one or two things that we can be mindful of and that we can all do which helps yes the first thing i would say is to hear them so it's really important that a child has a safe space to be heard to let them tell you their story if they have any feelings at all and sometimes we must accept that the feelings are angry feelings they're not necessarily always sad feelings that they are okay and that we we validate those feelings for them so we say things like i can really see how sad you are at the moment i can only imagine or i can't imagine how hard it must be for you and you might also say if a child is angry I, I can really see how angry you are at the moment. I can't imagine the turmoil that is going on inside of your body at the moment. Is there anything that I can do to help you? What we do when we do that is we validate that emotional response. Sometimes, especially when children are difficult and angry, they are immediately labelled as naughty. We really get, we've got to get away from this in education. There's a lot to do. And we need to start to understand why. Why is a child reacting in the way in which they are reacting? So they're trying to tell us something and their levels of communication are different to an adult. Okay, so two really key messages there. One is make a space for them to be heard and listened to, a quiet space, a safe space. And the other message is validating the feelings by recognising and naming the feeling and making that space. Yes. That's really helpful. For our listeners, we always follow up our podcast with a blog or a transcript and useful links for you. So do have a look when we send that round. And thank you so much to Deborah for being our guest today. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it. And thank you to everybody today for listening to Ten with Zen. Ten with Zen is brought to you by Zen Educate. Zen Educate's online platform puts you in control of supply and recruitment. To receive 50% off your first day booked with Zen, just DM us on Twitter at ZenEducate and quote 10 with Zen. Thanks for listening.